A 28-year-old woman sat in the pain office, rubbing the left side of her jaw. It hurts to open my mouth, she said. I've always had issues on this side of my face, but lately, maybe like the past year or so, on and off, it's gotten so much worse. It's hard for me to talk sometimes, hard for me to eat. I can't even yawn without pain. I asked her, you said the pain got worse a year ago. What happened a year ago? And she responded, well, I guess the pandemic. I hadn't really thought about that, but I guess I've been stressed. A few family members have been sick. My husband lost his job. And I've been trying to deal with all of that, plus homeschooling my daughter since all of her classes became online with schools closed. And I guess I hadn't had time to stop and think about all of that. So what can we do now? Welcome to The Hurt by Dr. Mira Kirpaker and Dr. Alopi Patel. We are the female pain docs. This is a platform to contribute to the public discourse on women's pain and general health. We are here to empower women and men to engage in the advancement of their health with discussions of evidence-based medicine, unconventional topics, lifestyle modifications, and more. The views contained in this podcast are our personal views and do not represent the views of our institutions. This does not substitute medical advice. Please be evaluated by a physician if necessary. Welcome back. So today's episode is, well, you may have guessed it, TMJ dysfunction. Given how often we see and hear about this disorder, I think it actually affects a lot of people at some point in their lives, even when they don't know it. So in fact, there was a big 2021 review that started by looking at over 2,700 articles and distilling them down. It showed that in the overall population, TMD, or TMJ dysfunction essentially, affects 31% of adults and 11% of children. This is a pretty big number. Oh, and I can attest to that. Like, I have it right now. And in fact, I've been dealing with it myself for the past couple of years. So let's talk about what TMJ dysfunction is. So TMJ stands for temporomandibular joint. This is the joint that connects your jawbone to your skull and kind of acts like a hinge for your mouth. So when you have TMJ dysfunction or TMJ disorder, also known as TMD or temporomandibular disorder, you can have pain in your jaw joint and in the muscles that control the movement of your jaw. So let's talk about what the TMJ is supposed to do. So the joint functions to open and close the mouth, protrude and retrude your jaw back and forth, so essentially forward and backward motion of the joint, lateral motion of the joint, so you can move your mouth side to side, and with the help of some muscles, gives you the ability to chew. So what are some signs and symptoms of TMD? Dr. P? So typically, patients complain about pain or tenderness in the jaw area. And if you open and close your jaw and feel like that joint is moving, you may experience pain in that joint when you put pressure on it. Other symptoms include aching pain in or around the ear, which can sometimes get misdiagnosed as a problem inside the ear rather than an issue with the joint, difficulty in chewing or pain with chewing, aching pain in the face, or even locking up or clicking of the joint. So why does this actually happen? So honestly, it can be hard to figure out the why. So this can happen due to a single or a combination of different factors. So kind of let's break down the different causes. So for one, there could be a problem with the joint itself. So the joint is cushioned by a small disc, which is made up of cartilage. 
So if that disc erodes, if that disc starts to break down, which is something that can happen with age, it can cause TMD. The disc can also move out of place, causing TMD. So think of it like a dislocated shoulder that needs to kind of pop back into place to get rid of the pain. So now imagine that this is happening multiple times a day. Eventually, it's going to lead to chronic pain. And that's what can happen with the disc in the TMJ. And it's called disc displacement. And basically, the disc is dislocated over and over while you open and close your mouth, which leads to TMD. Now, there are two kinds of disc displacement. One where it pops back into place on its own with a little physical maneuvering, or two, the kind that can't be manually put back into place, and that needs bigger intervention like surgery. And in fact, in the article that we mentioned earlier that looked at over 2,700 studies, the disc displacement where you're able to pop it back in easily was the one that's most often seen in patients with TMD. And that beats out arthritis, joint disease, and much more as kind of the most common cause of TMD. And you actually mentioned an important point. So another issue that can occur is arthritis. So the bone in the joint is inflamed and rubbing against each other, essentially, which is causing pain. The joint can also be damaged by impact, like a blow to the face or a fall. There could be a tumor of the bone or soft tissue that can cause the issue, but that's really, really rare. And then there's also something called bruxism. Bruxism is basically teeth grinding and jaw clenching, something that you could probably be doing while you're asleep and not even know it. This continued clenching of the muscles of your jaw, the same muscles that help you chew and open and close your mouth, and grinding in the back of your teeth, well, these can cause the muscles to hypertrophy or enlarge and then put more pressure on the joint. Bruxism can also cause that joint to displace like we talked about earlier, where it dislocates out of place. This is actually one of the big reasons that patients develop TMJ dysfunction. And lastly, genetics or psychological issues like depression or anxiety can exacerbate chronic pain, whatever it may be from, including from TMJ. And we're going to go more into detail with some of these issues. But before we do, let's talk about some of the risk factors for developing TMJ. So there are a few major risk factors for TMD. So for one, different types of arthritis, like rheumatoid arthritis or osteoarthritis, even in other parts of the body, are risk factors for developing TMD. Connective tissue disorders, so diseases like Ehlers-Danlos syndrome and others, can also affect the TMD joint. And then bruxism, which is chronic clenching of the jaw and grinding of the teeth, is another risk factor. And then there are the ones that we don't really talk about as much, which is patients with chronic pain, depression, anxiety, all of them, they're also at higher risk for developing TMD, as are female patients. So, yep, as women, we are much more likely to develop TMD. Yes, actually. So, Dr. K, there was a recent study, right, in 2020 that looked at the Lebanese population where 19.7% of the population had TMJ dysfunction and 55.9% of these were women. They also looked at stress, anxiety, and depression rates and correlated those with how severe the TMD was. And um, surprisingly, higher stress, anxiety, and depression scores were associated with higher TMJ dysfunction severity scores. So the more stressed you are, the worse your pain may feel. Absolutely. And then there was another article, I'm glad you're mentioning articles, because there's another one that came out in 2020 out of Scandinavia. 
So they looked at women chronic pain patients with TMD versus the general population TMD patients. And, you know, we're using TMD and TMJ dysfunction pretty interchangeably in this talk because that's usually how it is described. And they found that the TMD symptoms were higher in the chronic pain population compared to the general population. And there was another 2020 study that looked at not just any kind of chronic pain, but specifically chronic low back pain. Now, this is something that's a little bit strange. So chronic low back pain and TMD have actually been noted to coexist in patients for many years. So this study followed patients for 15 years, and the study looked at over 65,000 patients who had low back pain versus over 195,000 patients who did not have low back pain. And they found that patients with low back pain were at higher risk for developing TMD. So it's just something to keep in mind if you have low back pain yourself, you may be at higher risk, so you may want to take up preventative measures or seek treatment early if you start to develop symptoms. And in this study, they also found that other risk factors for developing TMD, including young age, so it's more prevalent in younger patients than the elderly, a higher insurance premium, and even osteoporosis. So let's talk about the way we diagnose TMD. So when you first see your doctor, they'll begin by getting a history from you to describe your symptoms. Be sure to mention all of your symptoms, even if you think they may not be related, because they could still be relevant. So for example, ear pain, like we talked about earlier, then you may also feel pain in your jaw. They'll listen and feel your jaw as well. They'll listen for clicking sounds. They'll feel for any sort of mobility issues as you open and close your mouth. They'll also observe for the range of motion of your jaw to see if you have difficulty opening your mouth wide. They'll also press on the sides of your jaw to identify any areas that are painful. Yep, and then depending on your history and exam, they may want to get x-rays of your teeth and jaw to see if there's a mechanical issue. And they may also want to get a CT scan or MRI, basically to see if there are any issues within the disc of the joint or in the muscles and tissues around the joint. Now, I know I personally have gotten MRIs of the joint or the joints that are affected to really be able to see that joint space for patients. So I want to know if there's a dislocation, arthritis in the joint, fluid buildup in the joint, because it's going to affect the treatment. And then sometimes, depending on the patient and the issue, your doctor may also refer you to someone more specialized, a more specialized physician like an oral maxillofacial surgeon to do a TMJ arthroscopy, both to diagnose the problem and treat the problem. So here, under anesthesia, a small thin tube is inserted into the joint space and a small camera also known as an arthroscope, is inserted inside to view the area and basically help figure out what's going on. So now that we went through the history, the physical, and the diagnosis, let's talk about treatment. So luckily, in some cases, symptoms of TMJ pain can go away without treatment. But if that doesn't happen, there are a variety of treatments to help. So for one, medications. To start with, we start usually with over-the-counter or prescription anti-inflammatories like ibuprofen, naproxen, meloxicam, and more. And these can basically help decrease the inflammation in the area. Antidepressant medications may also be helpful. Now, it's not really to treat depression, but rather to treat the pain. Certain antidepressants and lower doses are actually really helpful in providing pain relief. And they may also make you sleepy at night and prevent teeth grinding. Another class of medications to consider are muscle relaxants. 
These can be very helpful to decrease muscle spasms in your jaw muscles that could be putting pressure on the joint. And as always, it's important to discuss medications with your doctor to make sure there are no reasons not to be taking particular medications or interactions with other medications that you may already be taking. And then there are non-medical therapies. So one of the biggest therapies that has proved to be useful is wearing a mouth guard. So I always recommend that patients go to their dentist if they haven't already and have a mouth guard that's made for your teeth, like that fits your mouth that you can wear at night. It can really help you from biting down onto your teeth at night and keep your teeth in alignment so your jaw doesn't displace. And that's something that I personally found helpful for my own TMJ, um, which I'd also been dealing with the past couple of years. And then another useful therapy is physical therapy. So physical therapy basically teaches you exercises to stretch and strengthen your jaw muscles. And it may also involve, you know, heat therapy, ice therapy, massage, kind of just to loosen up that joint. And then they also can incorporate biofeedback into the therapy. So biofeedback usually involves electronic devices to monitor the tightness of the specific muscles and target those muscles to help them relax. So now if these therapies don't work, then there are injections and surgeries that can be considered. So we as pain physicians can do injections into the joint under an x-ray where we inject a small dose of steroid to decrease the inflammation inside that joint. And we can also sometimes inject gel into the joint, which is basically what's called viscosupplementation. It's essentially exactly what it sounds like, a little hyaluronic acid gel that can help cushion the joint space and prevent those joints from rubbing against each other, which can cause pain. Botox, another therapy that can be helpful. So if the jaw muscles are really tight and that's kind of a big problem for why you're having TMD, We can put in small doses of Botox into those muscles, which can help loosen the muscles. And the effects for that typically last around three months. Then you may need that to be repeated. But those are just kind of some of the injection-based therapies that can be done. And it varies by person to person. So definitely something to speak to your doctor about. And I know you touched upon a few, and there are some more other injections as well that can be done. So for one, prolotherapy, also known as regenerative therapy, where an irritant like dextrose, which is basically like sugar, is injected into the joint space. Prolotherapy restarts the inflammatory process in that area and makes your body jumpstart the healing process, essentially. There have been several studies looking at prolotherapy, and so far, the evidence does show that it can be helpful. When looking at five bigger trials, pain definitely seemed to have improved compared to placebo, but there wasn't so much of a difference when it came to function. So how wide can you open your mouth and improve in talking and chewing? But basically, it's an injection that is done when nothing else has really been useful. I'm glad you brought that up, actually, because I had forgotten about it, because there's also another injection that's similar in concept to the one that you just mentioned, which can also be useful, kind of depending on the situation. So that's an injection of PRP, which is platelet-rich plasma. So platelet-rich plasma therapy is basically injections of your own platelets, which is one of the components of your blood, to accelerate the healing process. So what it involves is drawing a small amount of blood from you, spinning that blood down to take out only the platelets, and then injecting those platelets back into the joint. So PRP injections are used for healing injured tendons, ligaments, muscles, joints. It's even used for hair loss. 
And it can be really helpful. And some studies have compared PRP injections into the TMJ joint versus surgery and found that PRP may actually be more helpful. So it's a possibility. It is a therapy that is being done. There are more studies that need to be done for it, but you know, so far it's promising. So let's talk about surgery for a minute. There are a few different types of surgeries that can be done. We've talked about TMJ arthroscopy earlier, which can be used to diagnose what's going on. And TMJ arthroscopy can also be used as a treatment by something called arthrocentesis. This is basically a minimally invasive procedure where under that camera, a small needle is inserted into the joint to fill that joint with fluid to basically wash out any debris and inflammation in the joint. Depending on what the problem is, it can be just as effective as open joint surgery with fewer complications. Open joint surgery can be considered if none of the conservative treatments or non-surgical essentially treatments are helping. And it seems that that there is an actual structural problem in the joint, then this type of surgery may help. And sometimes something anatomically might need to be corrected with actual surgery as well. So again, this is an important point to bring up with your physician. But this is obviously a more invasive treatment option. So definitely go through all of the risks and benefits with your physicians as well as the surgeons. Now, as you all know, Dr. P and I are pretty big on lifestyle medicine, so obviously we can't not talk about some lifestyle and home therapies you may want to consider. And honestly, it's been a really tense couple of years, and I've definitely seen a big increase in the number of patients with TMD. So I actually started looking into this, Dr. P, so I actually started looking into it to see if it was just me, or were there really more patients affected with TMD over the course of the pandemic? And as it turns out, with the increased stress levels from the pandemic, there's actually been a 60% increase in bruxism cases, which is that jaw clenching and biting down that resulted in TMJ problems and cracked teeth. And there have been studies that actually showed that. Another specific study looked at patients that reported TMD symptoms and over 60% reported new facial pain, all of which started within a few months of lockdown. And in fact, 94.7% of patients reported that their pain worsened with lockdown, and they used words like they were, quote-unquote, stuck at home to describe that increase in stress. And then there have been more recent studies that show that anxiety, depression, and stress during the COVID-19 pandemic was higher in women than it was in men, and women were more likely to develop pain symptoms of TMD during that stressful time. And honestly, this doesn't surprise me. I mean, as women, we do take on a lot of mental stress, And I know that I developed TMD over the course of the pandemic too, and a lot of it was exacerbated by stress. So clearly managing stress is a huge factor in controlling pain and improving symptoms of TMD. So with that in mind, you know, some of the lifestyle things that you can do for yourself is incorporating relaxation techniques into your daily routine. So this could include, you know, deep breathing, taking in nice, slow, deep breaths to relax your muscles for even as little as 10 minutes a day. Meditation can be really helpful. And then, of course, like we've mentioned in multiple episodes, there is always cognitive behavioral therapy where you work directly with a pain therapist that really helps you pinpoint your triggers and begin to essentially rewire how your brain deals with pain signals to overall improve your pain and then also importantly, your function, you know, being able to open and close your mouth, being able to chew. Now, we talked about psychology of pain in our second episode. So with the focus on pain catastrophizing, 
And that's definitely a phenomenon that's seen a lot in TMD, like we mentioned in episode two. So working on reducing pain catastrophizing is really important. So that's fear and anxiety. All of those things that we talked about is key in getting the symptoms under control. Absolutely. I try to meditate every day and it's been a life changer to me, to be honest. I've seen improvements for myself with almost everything, how I manage daily stress, being able to get work done more efficiently, and just being overall more calm and centered. Another therapy that can also be helpful is acupuncture. And then there are, of course, other simple home remedies that you can do on your own time. So for one, just becoming more aware of what makes your pain worse will help you stop doing those habits. So for example, if you notice yourself clenching your jaw, or if you chew on pencils when you're stressed out, just recognizing these triggers and then trying to stop them will eventually help your jaw pain. And other simple practices that you can do are avoiding overusing your jaw muscles, such as trying to decrease how much you chew by eating softer foods when you can, or cut your food into smaller pieces, and definitely stop chewing gum. I was definitely guilty of that. I mean, I can't say that I don't chew gum at all anymore. Still guilty of that, but I've definitely decreased it by a lot, and it does help the jaw pain. You know, and you can also learn from your physical therapist some simple exercises to stretch and massage out your jaw muscles and just invest a few minutes, just a few times a day in doing that to yourself. Just remind yourself to do that and just release some of that tension in the jaw. And then you can also apply heat or cold. Really, there's no specific one that's better. It's really whichever helps you more to the side of your face to help with the pain. And overall, you know, I just want to say that if TMD is something from which you suffer, just know that there are a lot of people out there that suffer from this too. And there are a lot of options to help with your pain and function. So reach out to your doctor to discuss all of the different options that are out there. Thank you so much for joining us. And we really hope that this was helpful for you. We'll see you next time. We would love to hear your thoughts. Visit our Instagram at the female pain docs for more content. Send us an email at the female pain docs at gmail if you have any topics in particular you would like us to discuss. You can also visit our website at www.thefemalepaindocs.com. See you next time.